Okay, this video is dedicated to all the business owners who are building sales teams or anyone who sits within an org chart who is responsible for hiring salespeople, coaching salespeople, managing salespeople. This video is for you to really run you through what I believe is a master step system to build an elite sales team. So most salespeople within organizations don't do very well. It's like that 80-20 rule, that 90-10 rule, whatever way you want to look at it. There is a fundamental reason, I believe, why most salespeople don't win and why there's such a disparity between high quality. So this video is dedicated to you. I've created a seven-step system. It's called the Handler Euphorbia. Okay, I'm going to run you through some context behind uh, the Handler Euphorbia system. I also want to then run you through what I believe are the seven key steps, the characteristics that you need to look for when building an elite team. So what does elite mean? So elite's not good. Elite's not great. Elite is above that. There is a reason why there is a very small minority of sales reps who absolutely crush it. That's because they are elite. So as an organization or if you're within an organization, you know, responsible for these, I guess, hiring decisions, you need to think about do you want to build up a smaller team of high quality or you want to build up a larger team with a disparity of mixed quality. And I know there's certain Salesforce teams that are very large, whether it's in telemarketing or however it works, whether you are doing B2B or B2C. However, you do need to get the framework right at the very beginning because I know there's this profile, there's Caliper, you know, there's drive text, there's genomics, there are all these sales assessment tools, and they're fantastic. I mean, this profile was fundamental to my learning when I got into sales around communication. It was fundamental to my success path, I have to say. Okay. And this profiling does work when hiring, and so does Caliper or Drive Test or whatever assessment tool you use. Okay. However, we're all human beings and there's a certain role that these online tools play to really, I guess, categorize certain traits of people you're bringing in or looking to bring into your team. I get it. There's certain data points that are really relevant, useful information to help you qualify, totally understand. However, there's a certain reason Roger Federer, LeBron James, these top athletes, these top business people, Elon Musk, Bezos, there's a reason why certain people really, really crush it. Like really crush it, okay? And so I want to introduce you to the Handler Euphorbia because I believe this is what you will need to introduce when you're hiring. Okay. So some context to handle euphorbia. So I became really obsessed with a plant uh, recently. Um, it's a really beautiful plant. Um, it's called euphorbia. It looks like a cactus, but it's not a cactus. And not just because it was aesthetically beautiful, but I guess it was a very resilient plant. Well, it is a resilient plant. It's got very strong roots, very strong foundations, and it's very consistent. It can withstand dramatic heat because up in my holiday place where I am at the moment, it's very warm, okay? And so I needed a plant that was going to be able to withstand, you know, very strong heat. And then as I started to like research this plant, I started to become, you know, I guess more curious about it. 
And then what I started to understand when looking at this plant was this would form a fundamental, I guess, framework for how to hire salespeople. So I called it the handler euphorbia. Okay. So this is a seven-step system that I believe you need to consider when hiring. And the first three steps, I don't believe you can coach someone on, train someone on. Okay. So for example, I'm going to run you through the first three and I believe these are non-negotiable. If, if someone doesn't carry these traits outside of them doing a disc profile, a caliper profile or whatever internal protocol or profile or whatever you've set up, right? If the people don't tick the box in these first three, I don't think they're going to be elite. They might be good. They might be great. And you might want to settle for that within your organization. And that's totally cool. But if you want to build an elite sales force, those sales reps that just dominate, they just absolutely stand out within the group. They smash everyone's result. If you want to build a consistent sales force of those elite people, I believe you're going to need to not negotiate on these top three. So you won't be hiring as fast. You're going to be more diligent, more disciplined with your, you know, I guess, qualification when you bring people in. But I'll run you through the first three. So again, the first three, they're not negotiable. You can't train people on. You can spend all the money you want, have all the meetings you want, I guess, give them the, the leadership you think they need, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe you can coach people on this. It's part of their DNA. They're born into the world this way. Okay. So number one is burning desire to win. So this is like, again, the LeBron James or the Federer as an example, Kobe Bryant, like they are winning. There's no ultimatum whether it's going to work or not. It doesn't exist. They will leave you as a company. If you tell them they're going to earn, if let's say you're on, you know, the the sales reps on com only and you, you show them an a success pathway where they can earn, let's say, 100K a month as an example, and you have the ability through your systems and training for them to do that, but they don't or they can't do that, they will leave you because their burning desire to win is so strong, they will walk away from you, okay? So there needs to be such a strong reason as to why this person wants to make it work, whether it's like serious financial commitments, whether it's a combination as well of, I don't know, maybe it's very ego related, okay? Maybe they were bullied when they were a kid and they want to prove how good they are in the business world. And this is a way for them to be recognized. It needs to be very, very deep and strong. And I like to use sport as a reference point, because I think there's a lot of correlation between these top athletes and top business people. But there's a reason why these top athletes and top business people really get ahead. And so rather than just doing a profiling test or reading a resume because someone's had some success in a previous role, I think it's important to peel back the onion, all the layers and really try and understand how deep is their desire to win, okay? This video is not about how to hire with all the questions, but I want to give you what I believe is a fundamental framework 
that I've used in many of my companies to hire elite salespeople. Okay, so number one, you can't teach someone to have a burning desire to win. Sorry, can't teach them. You can't get them to read a book, go to a seminar, turn up to a Tony Robbins event or whatever you want to do. doesn't work, okay? No one taught Federer or Nadal, okay, or LeBron James to have a burning desire to win. No one taught them that, okay? Number two, chasing excellence. You can't teach someone to chase excellence in their life, not just professionally, personally. You can't teach someone to be curious, for example, around their nutrition, to learn about intermittent fasting because it may help them with longevity, maybe. It may help them be sharper on the calls. You can't teach someone to be curious about, for example, meditation, right? You can't teach someone to be fanatically obsessed with improving their dialogue, fanatically obsessed with improving their dialogue. You can't teach them. You can't teach someone to want to fly across the world to meet a mentor, for example, because they have such a obviously burning desire to win, but such a strong need to chase excellence in their life, again, personally and professionally. So I believe you need to find someone who is chasing excellence in their life. They are continuously looking for feedback. They are so open to feedback because they just want to improve. They're never late to anything. Like Kobe Bryant was always early to his trainings, chasing excellence. You can't teach someone to chase excellence. They have great habits or if they have bad habits, they will change them. Again, they are just looking to continuously, continuously improve in all areas of their life. If they're looking to improve their sleep, they will deep dive into it. They will learn about how can they maybe reduce their caffeine intake. Maybe not drink caffeine in a certain hour. They might get a certain device, whether it's a watch. They are chasing excellence in their life to improve their overall life. Okay. That's number two, it's all integrated, personal, professional. Okay. Just because you're good at work, if you can't control your personal life and you're not excellent and you don't, um, I guess you're not aspired to be excellent in that area of your life, then it's, it's going to have an effect on your professional life. So you need someone who just chases excellence full stop. Um, the first two, the third one. Okay. So these are the top three that you can't coach someone on. Okay. The third one, it's immensely coachable. Okay. LeBron James doesn't go, I'm the best in the world. So I'm just not co- getting coached at the moment. Sorry, not turning up to training, not going to keep my mindset coach and all my other coaches just too good now. No, 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 no. They, at a deep level in their being, admire and adore and respect and acknowledge and recognize the importance of a coach. And that's why they're so coachable. Okay. They're so coachable. And so you need someone who has an, not just a, a growth mindset. Okay. You need someone who really bows down to the concept of requiring a coach and who will always be open to improvement. Always be open to improvement. Okay. It is bizarre in the business world how a lot of people don't think they need a coach, but all the professional athletes, they understand the importance of a coach. So you want to find the top salespeople who really understand the importance of a coach because they will continuously 
and continuously just get better. So they're the top three. So burning desire to win, chasing excellence, and immensely coachable. These three, again, they can't be taught. They should be non-negotiable. These are the traits you want to be hiring for outside of a personality profile assessment tool or whatever sales assessment tool you use. These are mission critical to get right. This is why most organizations are constantly hiring and firing and spending so much energy, draining their energy bar on trying to, um, I guess, performance-managed salespeople who just will never get there. They have a good day, a bad month, a good quarter, a bad quarter. Their trajectory doesn't keep going north and they don't just continuously level up. And I believe it's because those three steps are misunderstood and not executed out correctly. Okay. So as part of the handle euphobia, again, the seven steps, they're the top three, non-negotiable. Now, the next four, you can coach people on, in my opinion. Okay. You can train people on, you can help them cultivate more wisdom, more knowledge. They can become better in these areas. The fourth is optimistic. Okay. You need someone who is optimistic. There's a lot of research that suggests that people who are optimistic, they outperform the people who are negative or who are pessimistic or who bring onto a sales call or into a sales meeting that negative style of energy. Okay. Because the positive energy, the positive, I guess, tonality, the positive word, choice of words, it's infectious. The human brain is actually quite negative typically, okay? You've really got to work on it because the human brain is quite negative. So a lot of people are bringing negativity to the table, especially with the media and everything that's going on in the world. Typically, like there's a lot going on. So you need to find someone who you believe, whether they're optimistic or not, they have the ability to be coached and trained to become more optimistic, okay? Number five, this is a huge one. This is extreme conviction. So you need to find a sales rep who has extreme conviction internally and externally. So you need to find someone who you believe they might be at this level now or they will be at this level where they've got extreme conviction or they will be able to have extreme fit with not only themselves, with who they are as a person, their capability, their competency, just really what they can bring to the table. You need to have someone who in their whole, I guess, body believe that, but externally in your product, in your service, in your company, in your team. Most really good salespeople, right, they are looking to get better through skill work and then most sales managers or whoever is the direct report or whoever is the trainer, they're continuously trying to get them better with handling objections, with managing, I guess, their pipeline, okay, maybe getting better visibility over metrics to measure on, et cetera, et cetera. I believe good salespeople to become elite need better and stronger and more significant conviction in the product or service they're providing. If they believe, just like the founder believes, around how important this product is to solve a problem, provide value, right, or the service offering, if they believe like the founder believes, and that conviction is as compelling 
just as the founder or founders believe, I believe that good salesperson who has good skills will become elite. The elite salespeople around the world in different niches and different industries have extreme conviction internally about themselves, their belief system, and externally regarding the product or the service they are selling. Okay. Number six, I believe that people can be coached and trained to have intense resilience. Not they are resilient. They are persistent. No, no. Not they're persistent or they are. I'm talking intense resilience. They can continuously be knocked back, not take things personally. A lot of people take things personally. We're all quite emotional as human beings. I'm not trying to say you don't have someone with high EQ or who's empathetic. I'm saying that you need someone who you believe can be trained to be extremely resilient. And that's why optimistic sat at number four. Okay. You need someone who can really build upon to have intense resilience. So they're not volatile with their numbers. Most salespeople, there's that yo-yo, the volatility, constantly up and down. Mindset, numbers, prospecting activities, etc. It's up and down like a yo-yo, in my opinion, because they don't carry intense resilience, which means they don't really understand the nature of compounding. If you're prospecting every single day, right? If you're doing it every single day and you're not having wins every single day, a good, resilient salesperson will keep at it. They will keep doing the daily activities required. They'll focus on the process, not the outcome, because they have intense resilience. They're optimistic. Okay. They've got extreme conviction, etc. Okay. Number seven, which I believe again can be coached and trained, especially when someone is introduced to sales, if they are new or if they are quite advanced, they need to be sales obsessed. What does sales obsessed mean? You are so bloody curious about sales. You're constantly, constantly wanting to learn more. You're constantly curious around how to improve maybe your tonality on a word, on a specific word. You're constantly curating your process. You're constantly trying to optimize what you're doing. Despite a trainer or a coach or one of your colleagues telling you to do something, you're split testing other things, even yourself, to understand, could this frame work better? If I was to do this via Zoom versus not Zoom, will I get a better result? You're split tested if you have a prospect meeting. Everything you're doing, you are trying to understand how you can do it better. That comes with chasing excellence, but that's also because you're sales obsessed. If you're not sales obsessed, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to stick with it. You're not going to have intense resilience. So someone who really is just passionate about sales, okay, it goes beyond the money when you're sales obsessed, right? It goes beyond the money. You just love it. You're curious. Again, you'll fly across the world to sit with a sales, um, I guess, expert to hear or see them face-to-face. You will go and study and look to see what other material like books you can get, okay? When you're speaking to someone at the cafe, you're analyzing just, you're not even in a sales conversation, but you're analyzing like how they carry themselves with their body language. Are they looking at you in the eye? Are they talking with congruency? Um, You're analyzing when you walk into 
whether it's a Bing Lee and you're looking to buy a TV, how does that sales rep interact with you? You're curating it because you're sales obsessed, right? Are they pitching you correctly? Are they, how do they carry persuasion? Your every situation in life, you're analyzing because you're sales obsessed. So I recommend that is something that you look at, okay? And something that you consider when you're hiring to see, can this person become sales obsessed? So anyway, these are the seven steps that I believe, I guess, formulate what I call the handler euphorbia. Again, the first three can't coach people on, okay? Get out of all the the, the profiling that you do and maybe relook at how you're hiring, the style of questions you're asking, what you're really looking for, and whether you want to build an elite sales force or you want to build a good sales force or a great sales force. I'd be focusing on quality versus quantity. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Catch you soon.